listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 140, covering Genesis and Journey's End with Kimberly Lajeunesse. Hi, friends. Hi, Kim. Hello. Hi, Kim. How's it going? So great. You came on for some great episodes, let me tell you. Boy, howdy, did you ever. I enjoy at least one of them. Did you? Yeah. It didn't seem like you did. I certainly enjoyed one of them more than another one of them. Yeah, going into this, I expected, okay, one of these is going to be terrible, the other one's going to be fine. And it was was that way, but it was the the different way around than what I expected. That seems to happen to you a lot, actually. Well... I thought the one where they all turn into monsters was going to be incredibly stupid, and it was. Yeah. But the the other one, way, way worse. At least it didn't want to make you want to bang your head against a wall, because that would have been preferable to watching the episode. <laughs> I almost wish I hadn't wasted my bucket on Sub Rosa. Almost. Mm. It, uh, uh, Journey Send was almost that bad, but not quite. Yeah. But it was pretty damn close. If we're if we're on like a number scale, and uh, and uh, Sub Rosa was like a one, this would be like a one point. Right. Just a squeak over atrocious. A scosh? A A scosh. A scooch. A (laughs) sousson. But Kim. Yes? Before we get to the worst episode we've done since the worst episode we've done. How exciting. This is like, do you you want the good news first or the bad news first? Well, you get to do the good thing first, which is Genesis. Yay! Tell us what happens. Now it's time for an epic space adventure. You know how those all start, right? With everyone whining in sickbay. Riker got poked by a cactus, and I totally lost my space. Here we go. Okay. Riker got poked by a cactus while poking some lady. Barkley is dying from everything, and in a surprise not whining, Data's obviously not pregnant. Kitty Spot is having kittens, and so is Nurse Ogawa. This scene prompts me to sing a few bars of pregnant women are smug. Anyhow, Barkley ends up having a flu and Beverly gives him a shot. Remember this for later, kids. On the bridge, Worf is getting to shoot stuff just like he always wanted, but it all goes horribly wrong. Oh no. An unruly torpedo darts off into the inky blackness of space where it will be no trouble at all. But, because all of this weapons calibrate shit is Boring, Captain Picard decides to go torpedo fishing and leave Will to deal with all of that business. And Data can come too. <laughs> Data leaves Spot to be babysat by Barkley, because why not? Apparently he and the cat are best pals and the kittens are due to arrive at any moment. Sure. Now everyone starts going cookie buns crazy. Worf is extra mad at Riker and weapons and food and Deanna and the waitress. Why do we have a waitress? Whatever. Deanna drinks a lot of water. Later, Worf lets his hair down and builds a nest while yelling, I'm normal! <laughs> Barkley is super zippy, and Riker is trying very hard to cone, but it's not working. Worf escalates to face-biting and venom-spitting and all sorts of terrible things. Data and Picard return to the ship to find it adrift in space. The power is off and it's all quite spooky, and they end up talking a lot. About stuff that would probably be cool if we were actually seeing it, but that would be expensive, so we're not going to do that. Eventually, they do see some cool stuff, like Deanna is a frog lady, Will's a caveman, and it's Halloween on the Enterprise D. Data talks more about medical bullshit to Picard about the reason the plot is supposed to make sense. Here's a secret. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) And that the Captain's surprise Halloween costume will be a lemur or a pygmy marmoset. Adorable. Speaking of adorable, Spot had his kittens, and his Halloween costume is iguana. The fact that his kittens are fluffy, woofy, adorable holds the key to this mess, and if only we could find another pregnant character in this episode. (gasps) Wait a minute, it's Nurse Ogawa. But where is she? Oh, don't worry, she's right there. Then they make a cure. (laughs) Okay, sure, why not? There's a brief interlude where Worf threatens everything, but instead of opening an airlock and sending him into space, they just replicate and enhance Troy's pheromones to lead him away. You know, like you do. 
So Jada whips up a cure, like magic, and everything goes back to normal. Barkley's worried that it was all his fault, and it was! Remember that shot Bever gave him at the beginning? Well, that was the cause of this misery. Oh, that Barkley. Ho, 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 ho. Will his troubles never end? <laughs> Very nice. I, I would like to point out that you maintain the idea that Spot is male by referring to his kittens repeatedly. Yep. Yes, well, he is. <laughs> For, for those of you who may have missed that, because Spot was clearly male, addressed as him, several times prior to this episode. Yep. All the time. But then, you know... But then the plot demanded pregnancy. Yep. And there can be no other cats on the Enterprise. Oh, there's 12. There are no cats but Spot. Except for the, except for the others that may have impregnated Spot, because we don't know. It's a mystery. Those are lesser cats. There are 12 Apparently. male cats on, on the Enterprise. Well, there used to be 13. <laughs> Spot just spontaneously changed sexes one day. Or the theory that we have that Data just overpets them and has to replace them, and that is not the first Spot. Oh, oh. oh Spot, you are so fluffy. I love you. Yeah. Oh, dear. I will love you and hug you and call you Spot. Uh-oh, time to get another one. Oh. Between him and Worf, yeah. there's probably more cat carcasses in the walls of the Enterprise than you can imagine. Than in my and house? The of those... <laughs> than where? In my house. Oh, that's horrible. Eh. What does that even mean? They make good insulation. <laughs> Why is your house lined with cat corpses, Kim? It's probably <laughs> squirrels, actually. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. They squirrels deserve to die. <laughs> they started <laughs> they as cats, but they de-evolved into, into squirrels. squirrels. <laughs> right. Oh, this episode. Okay. Well, I want to hear your bad thing. Your bad thing delights me. <laughs> I totally forget what it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's the because episode. You are not the well actually guy. But, uh, <laughs> I, I am the well actually guy. Well, today you are. I know. It's embarrassing. but the, I know. Like, I love it. Every time they tried to explain something, I was listening to it like, oh, uh, what? No. So I totally understand the reason why you have to speak up and be like, and that's not how it works. I don't know if you understand this, but there is the fact that I can still enjoy the episode and have fun watching it unfold, except for that little voice in my head that's going like, the logic of this virus is fucking ridiculous. This is totally well, actually. No, and I've, T-cells I've are said part this a million times. Pardon? The, uh, I, I've said this a million times. Brandon Braga loves writing episodes where weird shit happens, but he won't just leave well enough alone and say, and weird shit happens. So anyway, he yeah. wants to tell you why and how. See, the nice thing about, like, space is stuff can just happen. Yeah, we don't know. It's all a mystery. It's but, unexplored. Yeah, but he's got to have, like, okay, now, and the reason is because tachyons reflected off the uh, whatever. Well, I always want to say flux capacitor whenever I'm trying to make up shit. <laughs> Well, Kim, break it down for us. Break it down for exactly why it's it's as ridiculous as it is. Okay, and now somebody can well actually me this because I'm not actually a medically trained person. I just have enough knowledge that I can tell so something well, is wrong here. Blood. So T cells you, are part you, of the you blood. blood. Pardon? Uh huh. You worked with blood. You you know blood. Yeah, I just move it. I don't actually examine it. Anyhow, okay. T cells are part of the blood. So even if this this thing that that. Um, Crusher injects him with it could have created a contagious illness which for all intents and purposes this should have only affected Barkley as a mutation of his DNA but if it was a contagious illness it should have been bloodborne and apparently it was airborne which they repeated frequently and if it was mm -hmm. airborne then why did the fish transform into a jellyfish he's water not air Anyhow, the bit, then there's also a bit where Data says that he's extracting a blood sample from her sebaceous gland that produces pheromones, which is just like, ah, uh, you can't extract a blood sample from a gland that creates oil. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Matt, I don't know about you, but I am delighted. Absolutely. It's, I just have passion. I can't Can tell us more about how blood doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just oh, I can't even. But that's that's this writer. That is this writer. He loves making it he wants it to make sense so badly and that just makes it worse. He's digging he's digging himself a deeper hole. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It's like did it you google anything? Wait, there was well, no Google. No, because there was no Google. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There was no Google. Okay, open he a might book. Have, he, he might have altavisted something, though. <laughs> there you go. Or hot-botted something, maybe. Or asked 
anyone with any kind Jeeves. of medical background. Ask Jeeves. Yes. <laughs> Ask Dr. Jeeves. No, these are these are all about three years too early. Yeah. Don't, don't well actually me, audience, I know. I'm just making old internet jokes because I think they're funny. <laughs> what excite? Could you use excite? <laughs> uh, or dogpile, which combined all of them. Oh, there you go. Well, that's yes. exciting. Isn't it just... <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna pile on your your well actually science stuff. You're gonna dog pile on it. I'm gonna dog pile on. <laughs> dot com. <gasps> dot com. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. It's probably some kind of porn site now. Yep. <laughs> oh no, I don't. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I I do seriously want to add on to your well actually stuff because. This is not how evolution works. No. Like, okay, they do talk about, like, Matt, I know you were confused by why Barkley is a spider and why different people That's are different That's been things. bugging me since I watched this episode when it aired. It's because everyone's carrying around all this junk DNA. We're all descended from common ancestors, and we, we, we have little bits and pieces. Like, we share, I don't know, 37% of genetic material with, you know, an, an ostrich or something. I don't know. And so, like, there's still there's still trace amounts of whatever there. I do understand that much. Beyond that, I'm getting outside of my own understanding of DNA. I understand that. But they keep saying de-evolve. That's not... Evolution, you, you don't literally turn into something right before your eyes. That's not no. how it works. And And furthermore, and I have this issue with any episode where people turn into stuff... When they turn back, everything's back to normal. Well, Riker turned into a big uh, uh, caveman a ca dude. A caveman. Yes. Like a yes. Neanderthal. Yes, exactly. He, like, uh, I expected uh, 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 Picard to, to fetch the emergency uh, monolith yeah. to distract him. <laughs> Instead, he's well, just I mean, trying to it, break it in and It worked until face. he threw a bone at the roof, and yes. that just fell on him. And then just turned into a shuttlecraft. It turned into a spaceship <laughs> inside the spaceship, and then the Enterprise decompressed. Right. D, the Enterprise D, compressed? Yes. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe that just happened right in front of me. Well, this is what he does, <laughs> and he thought we wouldn't notice. <laughs> um, now I've completely lost. Oh, okay. So he's 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 gone dumb. Like, he's, yes. he's, he's turned primitive. His brain has shrunk. Data says his brain has shrunk. That means his, his memories are gone. You can't just get them back. You don't just inflate his brain and they're back. <laughs> If you're going to do this, you have to fucking stick with your stupid premise and fucking, you know, he's stupid forever. No, okay, no, no. It's all an, magic. To an Uhura trainer and that so trained him back up in like 10 minutes. The Uhura trainer, right. The Uhura trainer. Which took, it took hours back in the day, but now it only takes minutes, right? Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> Why do we even have a Starfleet Academy? We don't know. Well, we'll get to that in a minute anyway. So, so, so Wesley has something to dramatically leave. Yeah. You, uh... You actually mentioned that you liked uh... stupid Riker's hilarious. That's my good thing. Really? <laughs> I loved because he's got like this slow sort of descent in, where he gets quiet and sort of uh, sort of confused by everything. Happening well, he has like, he him. has a hard time focusing, which I understand. The days when I forget to take my Adderall, I can relate to that. But uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm turning into a monkey. Are you but sure? It, 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 it finally Pretty results sure. in like this one where they're like, "Well, do you think we should do this and this and this?" And he's like, "Uh." Yeah, do the thing. Yeah, and and in the meantime, Barkley's turning into a spider guy, so he's like crazy manic and running all over the place. And I actually I like that scene a lot, where yeah. it's slow Riker versus super zippy Barkley. Right. Mm -hmm. right. He's just running around the place and like all up in everyone's face. But Jordy's there too, and nothing's happening to him. Nothing's happening to Jordy. Jordy's evolving into Jordy. <laughs> Like, his DNA, or his whatever, it just happens to be exactly what he already is. <laughs> I like it when Riker looks at him and he's like, uh, uh, what do you think? And Jordy's yeah. like, oh, well, he's, this. And he's like, uh, do that, then. He's trying his best to cover for it and doing a really bad job. I'm Terrible. watching, I'm thinking, somebody please make the decision. Yep. <laughs> but Frakes does some great, because he plays it a little sort of, it is scary, but it's also funny, like, there's sort of both going on. Like, it's definitely yeah. funny. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But he also plays it like a dude who's losing his mind, and it's a little creepy, I thought. Yeah. He's actually, like he's worried. Of... Yeah, exactly. Like, because losing your mind is scary. Yeah, it is. No, and... where, when he's trying to enter that... Uh... He's trying to put in his security code for whatever. Yeah, and he can't remember it, and he's just like... Yeah. He's, he's trying he's to sore. let Starfleet know that their ship is getting, like, is turned into a... 
infection bomb. A haunted house? <laughs> yes. yes. It's a haunted house. Well, it basically is. And actually, oddly enough, that's sort of my good thing. Cobwebs? Um, yes. The, well, all those cobwebs came out of Barkley's ass. Yes. yes never forget that. <laughs> First of all, we know that. But, okay, the episode's not as stupid as I feared. I mean, let's be clear, it's profoundly stupid. But for nonsense, it's handles as good as it can be. And while it's not exactly scary, it's scarier than I've seen this show be before. Yeah, it's definitely doing horror better than we've seen it. When when we show up, and it is dark, and you had mentioned there were a bunch of blankets hanging over stuff. Scary blankets. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's how you can and... tell the, the ship is in trouble, because there's blankets everywhere. Right. Yep. Well, Picard and Data go off on their little, oh my god, I'm so bored mission. And when they come back, the ship is spinning in space. Like, it's, it's literally just listing, you know. That's actually, that's another effect I really like. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Listing Enterprise. It's like not in the right then, spot either. And they're like, where did it yeah. go? Oh, it's just spinning off into space. Nobody's driving yeah. it. That's yep. such a great that's indicator creepy. that something's wrong. Yep. But, <clears throat> excuse me. They come back to the ship and everything's dark and everything's sort of creepy looking. And I got to give credit to the director. Like, there was some genuine sort of, again, not actually scary, but scary for this show mm -hmm. moments. And I went and checked who the director was, and the director was Gates McFadden. Yeah. So. <laughs> we finally found the thing she's good at. For the first time in 178 episodes, she took the stupid, stupid crap in this script and made it kind of interesting to watch. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good directing choices in here, I thought. I liked so. it. I liked it, but I don't really notice it as directing. That's just, I think that might be why I enjoy the episode, despite the fact that it's dumb as fuck. I, mm -hmm. you, need to, you need to be able to draw the, the distinction between the script and the directing. And I think the directing and the acting are what made it good, and the script was just incredibly stupid. Yeah. Well, there's, there's actually some really good, like, I really like Nurse Ogawa's uh, early DMO. Oh, yeah, there's a bit where she's you... turning into a, into a Planet of the Apes monkey. Right, she's like a chimp. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, you pointed out as she's leaving the conference room, there's this nice, subtle thing she does. Where she sort of, she gets up, she's sort of, like, leaning on her, on her, uh, on her, on her, uh, knuckles. Yeah, and she sort of knuckles along the table as she leaves. Yeah. I think Riker subtle. kind of does that at some point, too, and then there's some other stuff where people are hinting at things. When Worf and Deanna were doing it, it was, like, blatant and, like obvious right. but the rest of well, them were kind of just like picking up little bits of characteristics well, that were it, cool it I, seemed to me that Worf was de-evolving into a rude person <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't blame the acting for that first of all i think the script called for them to be like these are the two people what did you say they went cuckoo nuts or something cookie buns crazy cuckoo buns crazy right that's the first people it happens to have to be over the top so you understand what's going on right. i think it would so be think... better if it was more subtle and then by the end of it everybody's fucked and you're like wow i didn't notice it happening or you could just be I like agree, but... everything's fucked and then continue on from there but the way it was written was more like let's watch these people go crazy now you understand everyone's going crazy now we don't have to keep explaining it also and now Barclay's we're going to explain for 20 minutes. yeah also yes. barclay's a spider yes <laughs> But, I mean, overall, like, uh, directing-wise, and I think part of this is directing the actors, too. I think whenever you see the actors direct, you see stuff like that. You see the subtle stuff because they mm -hmm. let it come out. Mm -hmm. She thinks like an actor, and so she's like, yeah, do the do the knuckle thing. That's a good idea. I, like, I can totally see that happening on the set. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's in the script, but I doubt it. Yeah. I like the part where Spot was acting like an iguana at the beginning. <laughs> that was some excellent cat acting. <laughs> That was maybe my least favorite, like, Star Trek effect, let's call it. <laughs> what has Spot turned into? Cut to an iguana. With a collar on. With a collar. But, I mean, it's just like an iguana you would get from a pet store. It's not yep. like a like an elaborate, you know. That was some, like, original <laughs> series level, let's put a little horn on a little dog effects there. Yeah. It wasn't even no, a horn, like though. Turning into a, everyone else is turning into, like, a weird monster or something, and then they just went and rented an iguana for the day. Yep. <laughs> Just terrible. I loved it. I loved that so much. Yeah, but you loved it because it was stupid, not because it was well done. Well, yes. That's my point. <laughs> I think the difference is, is you like stupid. That is true. Like, if it's a stupid episode, that's not necessarily a mark against it in your book. You're like, fine. Okay, okay we're doing I'm, a I'm, stupid I'm, episode this time. Yeah, so then I mean, I can she get does into like it. Voyager, so. You know... We've talked about this. I don't know that she does. I think she remembers liking it. 
I do remember liking it. I haven't watched I bet... it since I was a young one. That's what I'm saying. I bet when we bring you along for the ride, oh no, y- you may find you may find that grown up Kim feels differently. This You're going to ruin my memories. <laughs> Look, no, listen, Transformers. I ended up liking actually, but that <laughs> or, was like uh, He Man. This is going to be your He Man. There you go. You look back at He Man and you're like, wow, really? I like it. <laughs> Well, maybe you'll still like it then, but I doubt yeah, it. We'll find out together. Okay. Yes, we will. Excellent. You're, like you're a family. One per season. So, <laughs> and by rights, you should try. You should try to keep up with the show, so you're not yeah. just dumped into a situation where you're not uh, not knowing what's going on. Because they did do a few serialized things on that show, as I recall. It's true. Mm. I intend to watch all of DS9 and Voyager with you guys. Excellent. Excellent. I've heard a couple of people say that, and I'm really excited because they're shows that. Like, I, regardless of our opinions of either of those shows, those two kind of get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone loves Next Gen and everyone loves the original series and people watched Enterprise. But like DS9 and Voyager are always sort of the ones that only the hardcore fans watched. And I think it'll be nice for us to sort of take people through them and, and you know, show week them by week. why DS9 is the best thing ever. I, I'd like to think so. Who knows, Matt? <laughs> maybe we maybe we remembered wrong. I don't think so because I rewatched that pretty recently. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but because it's know, that good. But I'm trying to. I'm you know I'm trying, mm-hmm. trying to be objective here. It's it, it's not working, but I'm trying. No. Uh, Kim, what was your good thing about this episode? It's kittens. <laughs> there, Woo! there were kittens. They were so cute. Seriously <laughs> though, they were they were like little baby kittens. They were all just crawling around and going. The problem was that they were going mew 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 because they were hungry because the because Spot because their gave mother birth was an iguana as an iguana and co- and couldn't feed them. Wait, gave birth so so a lizard gave live birth. They specifically say that in the script. No, wow. it was it was that, as Spot was turning into an iguana. Oh, I see. So it was some sort of weird half mammal, half lizard. Yeah. Situation. Yes. Okay, that makes more sense. That I makes perfect sense. That. Yes. <laughs> But so I'm just like when they show up in the quarters and they're like, "Look, these kittens are fine, but they're the spots and iguana." I'm like, "Someone feed those kittens." Maybe, maybe Spot was able to feed the kittens before he turned into an iguana, and and the kittens are just hungry again, and they'll be fine because they're gonna fix everything like magic in two seconds. Nope, the kittens maybe, are dead. Uh... <laughs> maybe Barkley fed the kittens with spider milk. That's it. That's that makes the most sense of all. <laughs> he was in Barclay charge. Apparently. Barkley, yeah, Barkley apparently has the best chemistry with Spot, like of anyone else in the crew. Barkley will not be asked to, to babysit again. Yeah, this, <laughs> this probably went about as badly as a, as a babysitting gig can go. Yeah, Commander, you're leaving again. You want me to watch after Spot? No, uh, last time you turned into a spider and tried to eat her kittens. <laughs> I didn't try to eat them. I fed them spider milk, and I and I made them a bed out of the web that came out of my butt. <laughs> Matt, please stop saying spider milk. <laughs> Don't First of all, spiders it. are not mammals. You know, that was one of the powers uh, Peter Parker had when he uh, hatched out of that spider. Spider lactation? Yep. Ugh. Okay, but humans are mammals, and he was only half spider. So he could only give the milk from one of his nipples. Mm. One of his six nipples. <laughs> yes. Or maybe eight. <laughs> spider yeah, mammals have eight, have eight nipples. nipples. <laughs> yeah, spider <you> mammals. <laughs> Nothing we're saying here is any more ridiculous or stupid than what's in this episode. No, I think this makes more sense. <laughs> what I, what I'm I like, Matt, we were we were working from two different documents, so you you didn't you couldn't see what Kim was writing, and mm. your good thing initially was just kittens. Also, yep, it's one word, kittens. <laughs> well, kittens. <laughs> yeah, I know. In retrospect, I should probably should have realized. I was more excited about it, so I got to keep my good thing as kittens. Well, you're the guest. We try to, you know. Yeah. We try to be nice to When the guest wants kittens, the guest gets kittens. Right, exactly. (laughs) Anyone listening who gets to be a guest on the show, you are not getting any damn kittens. (laughs) Well, unless the episode has kittens. Well, yes. But I don't think that there will be any more kittens in any next-gen episodes henceforth. Probably not. Could be wrong. Hmm. Because they died. Because they weren't (laughs) There's that episode of DS9, more kittens, more troubles. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, a Worf's monster makeup is not very good at all. Really? I, this is one of those things I remember thinking looked really cool when I was when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and then it comes back and it's just it looks sloppy and plasticky, and you, 
and they try really hard not to let you look at it, so he spends most of the time in the dark. Well, see, that's my thing with most horror, is to me, most horror monsters look terrible, and that's why they're always shot in the dark, and mm -hmm. you only see them for a minute, because they don't look very good. Mm. And, you know, like in Jaws, you don't see the shark for very long, because the actual, you know... Because it was broken. Right. <laughs> and so they, they figured out that that made it scarier, and so every movie after that did that. And so that's, yeah. I figured that's why they were doing that here, but uh, you still saw a bit too much of it, yeah. Yeah, he looked crummy, and he had bad mandibles. And the... <laughs> There is no greater sin than having bad mandibles, man. That is he just had inexcusable. really crappy mandibles. They, were, they looked like they were fake because they were just flopping there, and mandibles should be going... Yeah, I just, yeah he had flop mandibles. If we, uh, <laughs> if we gave these alternate titles, I totally would call this Spider Milk and Bad Mandibles. <laughs> they fight crime. Um... I, uh, you should mention, though, that uh, the, the makeup for, like, all the other monsters. Oh, no, uh, Ogawa's uh, Planet of the Apes makeup looked great. Mm -hmm. um, Worf's, or, uh, sorry, Riker's caveman makeup looks really good. Barkley's mm -hmm. spider makeup is fine. It looks really I cool, but it doesn't look recognizable as anything, really. Like, yeah, he doesn't the, look like a spider. design was terrible, but... Yeah. yeah. Now, I liked his million eyes. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. I really liked uh, Fish Troy. Yeah, that oh, yeah, Fish Troy cool. was really good. Yeah. She had the weird, like, sort of long frog fingers. And she's the first one that Picard and Data discover, so she's the one that we spend the most time sort of looking at closely. Yeah. yeah. And I think they put the most detail in that because we have this whole talkie scene where we have to talk about what happened to her. Also, Marina her Sirtis contacts is actually doing a really cool. good job of making, like, sort of playing up that animal yeah. look that she's got. Because she's got these weird staring into space, sort of heavy breathing yeah, I wasn't sure if it was her at first. I had to yeah, check no, it was a stunt person, but it was definitely yeah. her. Huh. Yeah, Which I think I read cool. that the makeup for this actually won a prize for this well, episode. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. some of the makeup was quite, quite good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of it less so. Yes. <laughs> I'm not, I uh, wasn't that offended of... by Worf's makeup. Well, no, Worf does plenty of other offensive things, though. <laughs> That's well. true. Speaking of him... um. Yeah, so he killed at least one guy. We know for sure that his venom killed a guy. Yeah. Yeah. And probably well, we, more. The, when Picard and Data come on the bridge, there's a dude who's just been ripped to shreds. Unnamed yep. crew member number three. Poor or, guy. Or one, depending on how you yeah. count. <laughs> and, and, like, you were saying when we were watching this, like, it's been, th like, three days since Picard was gone. So that was a couple of days of... Uh, there being a zoo on the Enterprise. Right, which is a nice effect, actually, that they cut away so we don't have to wait and see everyone yeah. gradually descending. Let's just, let's skip some time. But, I mean, Worf is basically turned into a terrifying monster who gets kind of rapey with uh, Troy. Yeah, he bites her cheek to, like, yeah, he... as, a, as a territory thing. Yeah, it's weird and unsettling and, well, like... Well, they use, the, they use the, the phrase, capture and consume. This is in my notes. Uh -huh. for, really? for what Worf is trying to do. Yeah. Yes. That made so me that, uncomfortable. Well, that yes. implies not only is he then trying to kill things, but trying to eat them. Yep. Like he's eating crewmen. Ew. Like, I picture him two days later coughing up a toe. Ew. Right. Oh, my like, God. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's terrible. As you have pointed yeah. out many times, this is Starfleet and weird shit happens all the time, and there's probably regulations for this. Well, this wasn't Worf. This was, this was Monster Worf. This is Monster Worf. He was right. doing the monster mash. Right. <laughs> he did the mash. Oh. His massacre was a graveyard smash. <laughs> and then, like, you know, and then we end the episode on a joke. Like, the fuck is wrong with you, Genesis? <laughs> In the episode's defense, it was a pretty funny joke. It was a good joke. <laughs> there's a... There's a bit where the, uh, Bever and, and Troy are talking, and Troy's like, uh, so he had a disease named after him, and he turned into a spider. I better clear my calendar. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, a man yeah. is dead. That, at least one, again. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> killed him. Yeah. Him and Wesley are going to have to form the He-Man Murderers Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess Data could also go. Yeah, I but has he killed the, Has he killed crewmen? I can't remember now. Uh, he or must just have almost killed, killed them. He must have killed someone in descent, no? I'm not sure. Because there's been a few times where he's been under the influence of evil, and yes. it doesn't count because he's evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm I sure don't. he's killed at least someone. Probably. Jordy's going to feel so left out. <laughs> Jordy's going to just have to go kill a guy just to, to fit but in. Jordy will have to kill Jordy. Yeah, didn't oh, he have God, to kill yeah. himself already? Yeah, to, uh, to, to, to win the... Uh, 
to win the stuffed animal that makes you a commander. Oh, yeah. right. To win the bridge exam is what I was trying to say. <laughs> to pass the bridge exam. To win it. To win yeah, it. Yeah, win it. He's yes. a winner. Yep. Jordy has never been a winner. Winners oh. kill Jordy. Poor Jordy. <laughs> yeah. Let's save poor, poor Jordy, Jordy for the next episode. Jordy. Uh, there's only a little bit of poor Jordy in that, though, because if we'd focused on him, if we'd focused on Jordy's awkwardness in that episode more, it would have actually been more interesting. True. Mm-hmm. It still made me sad. Oh, me too. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that guy sad. Nope. He's, everyone loves Jordy. Yeah, except everyone Wesley. Loves Jordy. Yeah. Uh, but first, let's let's wrap this one up before we move on. Any any yeah. further business? Let me just have a look here. Um, I like the Can part when Will fingers the oh, camera. <laughs> fingers yeah, he does. the camera. Yeah, he's uh, he is dragging his middle finger down the fish tank like fuck right. you. Right. Well, that means something different in caveman. <laughs> It means I want to eat this jellyfish. Right. <laughs> Livingston, of course, used to be a regular fish. Turns from a fish to a jellyfish. Yes, yep. that makes oh. all the sense. He doesn't really have there's that much farther to fall. Nope. <laughs> there, there's a scene I really like where, um, uh, after Worf attempts to rape Troy, and then they both walk to sick bay. Oh yeah, that's well, the logic. The scene is there in sick gap. Bay, so. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit of a gap. Tr- or, uh, Crusher's examining. Uh, uh, wharf and doesn't notice for like 10 minutes the giant venom sack that's grown out of the side of his neck. Not a very good physician, all things considered. Not so much, no. And we've, and then we've also established that she's the ship's veterinarian. So, Oh god, yeah. So there's also that. <laughs> so she starts poking it with a pen yep. and then Worf sprays her full in the face. Yep, and she's two-faced. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's kind of hilarious. And then we cut to them in uh, the conference room. And Osaka was like, well, we managed to rebuild her face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your face. <laughs> oh, no. Literally. <laughs> Kim, you got any further things? Yes, one thing. I just have to say okay. that I'm disappointed to find out that unlike Picard's Jim Jams, which are made out of a handkerchief, wharfs mm-hmm. are made out of an entire couch. Yep. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty elaborate Jim Jams. Yeah. Worf is really against the idea of anyone looking at him naked. Yep. <laughs> Even Troy. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, Matt, anything else? Uh, no. Kim, you got a quote? I do. Well, tell me what it is. I forget what it is. That's okay, we'll just play it This here. Actually, your quote is uh, the, the one line that stuck in my head from when I saw this episode back in 1994. Mm, I had a hard time picking a quote. There are a couple of good ones. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the part where um, Data tells Picard what his Halloween costume is going to be. <laughs> I feel I must inform you, sir. You have also been infected by the Entron virus. How long before I begin to change? According to my calculations, within the next 12 hours, you will begin to exhibit the first signs of your eventual transformation. And what will that be? I believe you will also de-evolve into an earlier form of primate, possibly similar to a lemur or pygmy marmoset. Very nice. Now I'm just picturing Picard prancing around in a sexy pygmy marmoset outfit. See, I'm picturing him wearing a marmoset mask and then a plastic sheet with a picture of a marmoset on it. That says marmoset exclamation point. <laughs> My mom says I have to come home at nine. I'm, oh, I'm going to God. egg her car. Oh, man. Who gave me all this crap candy? <laughs> Toothbrushes. A black, a black sucker wrapped in a ghost handkerchief ah apples do people actually oh. give toothbrushes oh yeah yep. that's embarrassing yeah, for them well, that is a really good way to get your house egged yeah that's embarrassing when their house is covered in eggs certainly yeah yep. i would at least give a handful of candy with the toothbrush no, the whole idea is all the other houses gave you candy, so I'm going to give you a toothbrush. Or a little box of raisins. <laughs> I'm going to be yep. a giant douchebag. <laughs> happy Halloween. Oh, the kids love me. Yep, that's what they say. Though they don't say happy Halloween. What do they Joyous say? Joyous Noel. They know full well that you're not going to have a happy Noel. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you are aware of what Halloween is, right? <laughs> no. I'm not aware of what anything is anymore. <laughs> 
That's okay. Now we got to talk about Journey's End. Ah, oh, really? Who wants me to be in my quarters? Oh, no, you won't. <laughs> you get back ready, here. Go to my ready room. You used up your uh, I don't have to pay attention to this episode one a while back when you wrote about the adventures of Barkley and O'Brien hunting werewolves. Yep. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> yeah, well, instead we get this episode. Let me tell you what happened in this. This episode is like Spock's brain from the original series. If Spock's brain was a planet inhabited by Native American Indians, and that race of lady aliens was the Cardassians. Don't, don't try to think that one through. Just trust me. So the Enterprise meets up with the two old friends from opposite ends of the chain of command, Admiral Bitchface Necheyev and Cadet Wesley never forget he killed a guy crusher. <laughs> Necheyev is ready to bitch her bitchy face at Picard, and then he offers her the right kind of crumpets, and suddenly she's agreeable. No, I'm not kidding. That's a thing that actually happens. It's actually the most interesting thing that happens, because the rest of the episode involves the Enterprise having to displace some Indians from their homes. Seriously, they're not an allegory for Indians, they're just Indians. Turns out a recent treaty makes this planet Cardassian territory now, so then we descend into an awesome, you must leave, no we won't leave argument that lasts approximately 700 years. This is the way in which this episode reminded me of Spock's brain. Meanwhile, Wesley, played with the subtlety of 17 bricks by Will, tired family joke Wheaton... <laughs> is super petulant and moody and just all around, well, to be honest, he's more of a bitch than Admiral Necheyev, which is a level of bitch that the tricorders may not even be calibrated for. Apparently, he resents being in Starfleet Academy and feels like everyone pushed him in the decision, which is exactly how I interpreted his literal jumping up and down for joy when he got accepted to the Academy back in season three or four or whatever it was. Yep, definitely completely in character for him to hate doing this thing he spent every second of screen time wanting to do. Anyway. So he goes down to the Indian planet, has a vision quest. No, seriously. This science fiction show actually has a dude smoke him peace pipe and seeing images of his dead father and then decides to quit Starfleet. And then the Traveler, that that creepy goat-hooved guy who's been carefully watching over Wesley's special destiny and probably also his ass, <laughs> reveals himself and says, yes, this was all a test and now let's go transcend or whatever. And that's what happens. Also, the Indians don't leave their planet, but the Cardassians are somehow cool with it, probably because the show is only 47 minutes long and it had to end somehow, even though it feels like it never did. <laughs> it's so true. This fucking episode so goddamn this, much. Th this was a, it was a photo finish between this and Sub Rosa being the worst episode. That's how bad this was. The, I, Sub Rosa on, might only win because, it's in, because of how insultingly stupid it is. On the other hand, this episode takes itself more seriously, whereas Sub Rosa was like, let's just have a stupid romance novel thing. Yeah. Like, it knows that it's kind of dumb and it just doesn't care. It's so desperate to be about something. Yeah. yeah this you one know? is trying to get you to care, to give a care. Yeah. And, and I to refuse. Me that makes it worse. I refuse to give a care. Yeah. Nope. Don't give a care. Nope. I I'm don't even refuse right to give a care. I just don't give one. Nope. No hoots. No cares. Nope. No not fucks. one. Not given anything. A not a single fuck spark. was given that day. My, um, my bad thing was basically the last paragraph of my summary, so I'm just going to go right into that. All right. Which is this whole Wesley doesn't want to be in Starfleet thing anymore. This really, really bothered me. Mm. This is his entire character from minute one in the pilot through the last time we saw him is this is what he wants out of his life. This is what he wants. And now suddenly... With no, like, there's been no gradual evolution, there's been no change, suddenly he never wanted this, and he can't believe everyone's pressured him into it. What? I, yeah, it makes I, no sense. I I feel way more like, we talked about this during the episode, I feel way more like it's a, he went, he spent his entire life being told how wonderful and special he was, and getting all of the best things, and being a member of the crew on the Enterprise, and then he has to go off to actual school, and suddenly he's not so perfect anymore. Mm -hmm. So now that he doesn't idea. want to do it anymore. He wants to go off and to do something where he's the special person again. And he's got that, a magic destiny. Well, the Traveler's been telling him that all along. And this is, yep. I think, the third or fourth appearance of the Traveler telling Wesley he's got a special destiny. Yep. So, you know. It just, it really, really bothers me because this has been the main thing about him this whole time. Mm -hmm. Amanda was saying if they had written it so that Wesley was really shaken up by the whole killing a guy thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that might have actually been an interesting way to start him down this road, but they didn't do that. Yeah, no. that's what I was just <laughs> thinking is, like, if they had any kind of transition between I'm all about Starfleet and something has happened and now I don't want to be mm -hmm. in it anymore, but there was, like, nothing there. It was just, like, one minute he's totally into it, and the next second he's like, why is everybody making me do stuff I don't want to do? Because that's all you've ever talked about. Yeah. <laughs> ever. That's the only... Like, seriously, if we 
you know, past the jokes, if we had to summarize Wesley in one character, it's a talented kid who really wants to be in Starfleet. Yeah. That's, that's been his whole character description the whole time. And, you know, the thing is, we've all known this guy. Some of us have been this guy. Oh, yeah. Where you get to a certain point in your life and you're like, I can't, you know, I, there's too much pressure. I, this, this is expected of me and I don't really want to, you know, I'm in a place I don't want to be. It's not even a bad thing for a character to do. It just came so from out of fucking nowhere. I mean, yeah. I, maybe it would have been easier if we'd actually been seeing the character. Or mm -hmm. in his last appearance, if we'd had a hint that this was starting to happen. Yeah, but it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That really bothered me quite mm. a lot. What uh, was his last appearance? It wasn't we it wasn't Wesley Kills a guy, was it? I think it might have been. It was Wesley Kills a guy, huh? I think it might have been because I don't think we've come back to the academy since then, have mm. we? Not that I can think of. And he hasn't left. I mean, Earth. he's had a couple of appearances, but it was like alternate reality Wesley and stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Will <laughs> Wheaton's had appearances, but I don't think continuity, like timeline wise, our Wesley, right? Wesley, uh, Wesley. He, he can be your Wesley. <laughs> Whenever he's in trouble, he's always my Wesley. No, he's always my <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> you can have him. Kim, what was your good thing? How the did you manage to find a good thing? <laughs> it was pretty tough, but I don't I don't like this Wesley. So the fact that he was in and out in the same episode and we didn't have to deal with bitch face Wesley for more than one shot is super great. Uh, that might be a little bit of a cop out. Yes, it is. Yes, okay. it is. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> tough. Uh, as long as you admit it, no, that's true. It was a tough one to find a good a good thing for. Really <laughs> okay, nice. wait, I found a good thing. Are you ready? It is that guy's yes. rainbow coat. All right, that was a pretty good Technicolor dream coat. It was. Yeah. Technicolor vision coat. Oh, excuse me, all the hell. <sighs> so you guys said that the the actor who played the uh, the the guy who was guiding Wesley on his spiritual journey. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, mystical Aboriginal person. You yeah, said he that is, he was. Uh, he's like the omnipresent Canadian actor up here. Yeah, really. Oh yeah, yeah. He's it's super like whenever famous. Whenever a TV show needs needs a uh, like an Indian character, a specifically Indian character. that Indian character, right. they get him. That's him. Mm -hmm. I see. He was uh, a regular on the Shining Time Station for as long as that show was on, which was the Thomas the Tank Engine show. Right. So when Mister Conductor would go on a vision quest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, knowing Carlin. Yes, well, Carly, he was sure. always on a vision and Ringo, quest. Now that and, I think of it. and Ringo, and probably Alec Baldwin also. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I would not put it past any of the Mr. Conductors now that... I'm Mr. a little Con shocked that we could name all three Mr. Conductors. I'm Mr. not. Mr. Conductor is a Time Lord, I'm pretty sure. Yes. That theory has been explored. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> I was hoping that... That's okay. James Bond is a Time Lord, I think, is mine. Oh. Hmm. It's not bad. Because, you know, Connery, Roger Moore, so sure. on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I buy it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Let's talk more about Shining Time Station instead of this let's episode. Please, let's please do. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. We're all white guys. Yeah. Yep. No, wait. It, it's, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're a white color, Kim. I've yes. seen you. Yep. You're pretty white. White in color. It's it's hard for us to talk about. There's definitely some white guilt in this episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, a lot. Like, but they make it difficult because they don't make the Indian characters likable. They don't even call them anything but Indians. Yeah, they yeah. spend that entire episode calling them Indians, which we can't, like, we don't do that now. No. No. And it's, it's not like they're a specific tribe. It's not like these are some Mohawk Indians or some Navajo. They're just Indians. Yeah, they're like, it's all they call them. These are some Indians. So so us doing that, we're just saying what the episode says, first of all. Even though Second it's embarrassing. All, it, <laughs> it is embarrassing. And it's embarrassing for us to say we hated these characters and we hated, we didn't care about their plight because they were just kind of whiny. Because that makes us come off as, <laughs> we think the Indians are whiny for wanting, a, you know, wanting people to get off the, no, yeah, no. just in this episode. Yeah. But it's a real sticky wicket for us because... We really hated this. See, the problem here is that normally science fiction is supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to use allegory. Yeah, allegories. like it's a, it's a, it's a race of spiritual aliens, you know. But right. no, it's just flat out American Indians from Earth, yep. North America, yep. from Earth, who wanted their land, and now yeah. it's been taken away from them. Get it? Wait, and now who the military, wrote this get it? thing? The military's coming in and telling them to leave again. Who yeah. wrote this? Because it's embarrassing. Ron Moore. Really. Ron yeah. Moore, our favorite Ron, writer. Ron, that's embarrassing, Ron. Go yeah, back and fix that. he should be ashamed of himself. 
Yes, he should. He absolutely should. The guy who just wrote what? What did he write that was really good recently? The Pegasus. Yeah. Mm. And now he's now he's doing this. And incidentally, I checked. No apologies. None. Huh. Nope. Oh, that I sucks. think maybe nope, nobody wants to talk about it. I didn't. I didn't want to go on Memory Alpha because I didn't want to experience any more of this episode than I had to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that's what I think. Keep... That's why there's no apology. Nobody wanted to ever think about it again. Yeah. They just wanted it to be no tribble at all. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm still talking about it. Yeah. Just, ah. <laughs> it's one of those where I'd look down and I'd say, Matt, we still have 17 minutes left. And he just like, what? How could you possibly? Because it, it's so boring. And yeah. the thing is, it, there was always 17 minutes left in that episode. <laughs> yep. There still is somehow. We yep. just left. <laughs> yep. We finally just had to walk out. I was so desperate when I was watching it last night. I was so desperate to turn it off and go to bed. (laughs) Looking at your notes, weren't you drinking a little when you were watching this? It was my brother and sister's birthday party yesterday, so I was pretty (laughs) fucking blitzed. (laughs) And it still wasn't any better for you. No, now then it just made me angry drunk. Oh, that's too bad. I wanted to pick a fight with my computer. I have a secret. Okay. I tried watching it last night and shut it off in the middle. Yeah, I know you, you, you watched the second half for the first time with us today, but yeah. you did see it. I did. You, did. you did sit through it, so. It's just, it's it's interminably dull. It's dull, it's and talky. And insulting and, and preachy. Yes. And uncomfortable. And yes. Then, and then on top of that, you have the whole layer of pseudoscience that comes with the Traveler and Wesley. Mm-hmm. Because thought is, is, is space. T- time magic is, it's all connected because sacred. of magic. He can stop time with yeah, his mind. he can mind. stop time for some reason. Sure. Cause, because Wesley, who is supposed to be like a genius, like engineer type. Yeah. <laughs> like all about science. Yep. Is magical. Suddenly he's a magic. Yep. No, 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 no. To be clear, not suddenly. No. This came oh, up he, in season one. Me. He was always a magic. Yeah. He just no, had this, to like. This is the payoff of that. But uh. I mean, we got to give it that much credit that this is the third act of what is a terrible story, but has been unfolding for the whole series. Ugh. That's an interesting Where... fact. What? That, that, that they stuck with this Wesley is magic bull crap for the entire freaking yeah. show. Yeah. They set it up in season one, and then they came back to it in what was it? Remember me, which is like season yeah. four. Whatever the whatever the episode with the amazing vanishing Bever, right? Which I think was season <laughs> four. So about halfway through, yeah. And then again at the end, like they they intended to do this the entire time, and they followed through with it. Uh, I don't know if they intended exactly this, but you know, well, they intended for him to transcend with the traveler and learn about yeah. like you know what's beyond time and space and using your mind and blah blah. blah. Like all that was you know. All that was planned. By the uh, way, I hate the Traveler. Yeah. Me too. He's my bad well, thing. And I hated that, okay. um... Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just... Every time he shows up, it's like, oh, it's magic time. There, there's magic time. Oh, with his pants and, and forehead bump. Song Troy half. <laughs> also, while they get lazy with the alien design on the show from time to time in season seven... The overall makeup has gotten way better, uh-huh. and he was designed in season one, and you can tell. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's a throwback to what the show used to look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Put help. a butt on his face and tape some of his fingers together. I also I really fucking hate how they have to have Bever mention him two seconds before he shows up, so that you won't be surprised when he oh, shows up. Oh, remember the traveler? <laughs> I remember the traveler said something to me that I was that, he, and he swore that I would never tell you, but this is what it is. But now I have to tell you. And now you have a magic destiny. So don't be surprised if he turns out he's an Indian. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> what, what was what was your good thing? Because that sort of kind of ties into what you're just saying. The, the, there's a scene when uh, when uh, Wesley, after Wesley has smokeumed his peace pipe, <sighs> and he comes to see Bever to tell her that he's leaving Starfleet forever, and he tells her exactly why, and she's pretty. It's pretty great. Well, it ends up being my quote, which I which I will play thusly. Dad came to me and told me not to follow him. He said I had to find my own path. Is that what this is all about? A vision told you to leave the academy and now you're packing your bags? But overall, I think in that scene, there's some some pretty great acting. I love her, because her reaction is exactly the same as mine would be. Yeah. It's like, oh, you had a vision. (laughs) But we so rarely give her credit for acting, but she did pull that off pretty well. Mm Mm-hmm. So two episodes in a row. I mean, she's not great for the entire episode, though. This no, she just no, has a good not. scene with Wesley. 
No, when she starts getting teary about it. Oh, yeah, but, no, there's this part where she goes off to complain to Picard about how she's got a whiny, petulant son. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do, Jean-Luc. He's maybe, too whiny. Maybe you could talk to him. I don't remember <laughs> if it was, was it you, Kim? After he shows up for the first time and he storms out. What? And there's just a look on his. There's just a look on Bever's face. It's like my baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely. Yeah, he like marches off. He's like, and then she's just looking after him, like, what? My what did they, baby? What did they do to you? I killed a guy. <laughs> oh, that's right. We all forgot. There's a there's a great bit where they're down on the planet and Wesley's about to tell. The natives, what's going on, even though he's not supposed to. He's supposed to keep his stupid bitch mouth shut. Yeah. And Worf calls him Mr. Crusher, which pays off our whole idea that he doesn't know what his name Still is. Still has no <laughs> idea what that kid's name well, is. Well, it's the doctor's son, so I could get away with calling him Mr. Wait, oh God, is he a doctor too? Is that how that works? Oh, Shit. D- <laughs> <laughs> I love our imagined, like, what Worf is thinking. I... After he left, I th- after he killed that guy, I thought he was going to jail. I threw away all the cue cards that I had. <laughs> how, how did they just bring him back? How is he still wearing a uniform? What it, what happened? What is, you just get to kill a guy, huh? <laughs> Should try well, that My ass is saved from last week. Then. Yeah. yeah, maybe I could confess what I went through last week. Then everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> Another toe. Aww. <laughs> Lieutenant well, yeah. Sanchez, no. My uh, good thing was there were some Cardassians in this episode, mm-hmm. and the Cardassian captain in particular, I thought, was particularly that way that they have that that nice sort of sinistery, evilly smarmy guy that they cast as Cardassians. He is, but he also I also like he's not like just flat out pure evil. No, there's a nice bit of sympathy toward the end where he's yeah. like, uh, "I lost two sons, I don't want to lose my third yeah. one." Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm just I'm here to do a job, okay? Like. But, Just but move your guys. He's one <laughs> in a long line of Cardassians that they've gotten. Like, I haven't seen a bad Cardassian. No, that's Every why I then... always like the Cardassians, because they're... That's so cool. Well, they go out of their way to find a specific kind of actor to play them, I think, which is part of it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. sometimes you get a Vulcan and you're like, wow, really? Yeah. I don't, I don't buy that guy as a Vulcan for a second. <laughs> Hi, Captain Picard. I'm this week's Vulcan. Yep. Yeah. Or like, Matt... Was it a Romulan that you were fixating on that just looked utterly ridiculous? That you yeah, I believe that was a Romulan. Yeah, well, and every I don't know. Now I got a long list of people who I think are ridiculous for this <laughs> show. Well, right. Every but every now and then they'll cast them an alien completely out of type, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, there was that goofy ass Romulan from a couple of weeks back. Right, mm. but the um, but the Cardassians are always Cardassian, yeah. and this guy is is just another one of those, and he's he's fantastic. I mm-hmm. like him a lot. Even the background ones. They just have to stand yeah. and look sinister. You could yep. fail at that, but they don't. No. No, they do a good job. Yeah. I've seen I've seen people fail at being Ferengi, which, you know, How? should be pretty straightforward, but, <laughs> but we've seen it happen. It's embarrassing. All right, Matt. I was kind of saving this for last because uh, you got quite a bit written down here. Yeah. <laughs> I... Tell us a bad thing or two. So we talked about the subplot is basically based around the most hateable Wesley I have ever seen on this show ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had our ups and downs with Wesley Crusher since the series began, but you know I usually regard him pretty positively, and it is goddamn rare when I hate him more than I hate Will Wheaton. He <laughs> is the worst in this episode. Like from the second he walks on screen, oh yeah, he's, he's immediately sh- rolling his eyes to whatever Beverly says hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a scene. When he is so mean to Jordy, mm. and I just want to, like, I have never wanted to slap him more. Yeah. yeah that was pretty terrible. It, uh, he's just, he's just, like, like rude and arrogant and cruel, and I'm just like, poor Jordy. Yeah. Yep. And he never apologizes. to Jordy? I don't no, think he's... we see Jordy again, probably because he's crying in his quarters. Aw. And crying fucks up his visor. Yeah. No, there's a there's a bit where where where, uh, where Worf, yeah, Worf yeah, is Worf. like, hey, I made the engines better. No, where uh, <laughs> he's trying to atone for making the uh, the photon yeah. torpedoes. Now better the from engines last week. shoot phasers <laughs> badly. <laughs> but Jordy's like, we we made these modifications. The engines are great now. Wesley's like, yeah, you obviously haven't read the paper from this guy that says that this is all obsolete now. Yeah, it's really mean because you know Jordy's been looking forward to this for like as soon as Wesley gets on the bridge or on the on the ship, 
fucking Jordy and Data show up to reunite the nerd squad because mm-hmm. they missed him so much. Yeah, and Data makes a joke, and everyone sort of rolls their eyes, and it's like, come on, that's progress. Data yeah. just made a joke. Data made guys. a joke, you guys. Give him a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Tell him he done good. <laughs> yep. Nope, they don't do that. No. Nope. Nope. It's just, it's, it's, he's just awful. He really, really is. And all they, like, they're trying to make it seem like he's, you know, sort of sick of what he's doing and everything, but all it really does is completely sour me on interest, being interested in, you know, what's basically the end of his arc. Well, and I think part of that is, uh, is Will Wheaton. I think yeah. part of that is that he's playing the, I'm unhappy with my life with zero subtlety. Ha. Hmm. Like, he, he might be able to give it a little bit of gray area and maybe make it so that he's conflicted. Yeah. But no, he's not. He's no. just angry at everything and everyone. So, and I've, I've got more. So oh, I know. <laughs> after that, then we have the head Indian guy telling Picard that one of Picard's ancestors helped massacre oh. the very same goddamn Indians 700 fucking years ago, just so we can really hammer home that white guilt that we should all be feeling right now. And then, and then, and then they have Bever name drop the fucking traveler, like I said, after he's been gone for five fucking years, just so that they can come back at the last minute, and then he can take Wesley on his most excellent adventure through time. And even though Wesley has quit the fucking academy because he believes that Starfleet's moving these people around is wrong. It's the only thing he cares about at the end of the episode. When the Traveler shows up, he lays down some suspiciously Starfleet-sounding bullshit about not interfering, and then tells Wesley that he can't help them because they can help them fucking sell. Them fucking selves. Fucking Christ! <laughs> yep. Is that it, honey? You got it all out? <sighs> Boo. Well, you, 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 I had more, but you took one of them. Oh, well. <laughs> I had to take one. <laughs> We all get one. I did let you have the rest of them. <laughs> this all episode. the bad things. Yes. I just, I hate, I hate fucking yes. the, the, the head of the Indians being all like, yeah, there was a Picard who killed thousands of us to, back 700 years ago. Picard's credit, he never falls for that. No. Mm. He's like, that wasn't me. I don't care. We got this problem to solve now. I don't care what my ancestor did. Yeah. But they bring it up at the end, and the guy's like, yes, the, the blood debt has been paid off. And Picard's just like, what blood debt? Yeah, I <laughs> told you before, I don't care. <sighs> I don't. Do I, hate that, I, I, I hate that they, 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 they had to try to make it personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that mattered. That worse. Ugh. Kim, you got more to say? Do I? <laughs> I don't know. Do you? <laughs> Probably. Very well. Why don't you say it then? <laughs> uh, um, so, I really like the space teapot. It's <laughs> a pretty good teapot. Which Amanda pointed out just comes from Ikea. <laughs> yeah, because the cups will fit inside the teapot. You were really concerned about like the uh, the cups that people use in the future. Like the glassware on the Enterprise is, they only have one of each cup, so they all have to be different and look like space cups. Well, I mean, they've got a whole like let's make everything look spacey vibe going all over the Enterprise. That's why they have those weird blankets that are like right foil. <laughs> yeah, foil yeah. blankets, as right. if the crew of the Enterprise were potatoes. Right. Okay, but we have those now. Those are emergency blankets. Yes, but now everyone just has them in their quarters as their blankets blankets. Mm. Well, maybe that's what will happen in the future. Could be. Everyone's on fire. Yes. (laughs) That's what will happen in the future. No two crew members are not on fire. (laughs) (laughs) We have a letter here, actually. Oh, yeah. that, uh, that, That has to do with this episode. Typically, we answer all the mail in our supplemental episodes, and uh, we'll be doing one at the end of Season 7. You guys are welcome to write to us, postatomichorror at gmail. Um, But this one has to do with this episode, so I wanted to read this now. Uh, This is from a longtime listener of both of our shows, Deke Winsome. And he says, funny story for you guys about my first and only Star Trek convention. It was a sad little affair, just a convention center with a dozen or so tables of people selling crap and some video presentations. I get to, I did get to meet Majel Barrett Roddenberry, so it wasn't a complete waste. Cool. As I was scanning the assortment of stuff to buy, I noticed shooting scripts for the next generation. Actual scripts! Most of the good ones were gone, but I found one that was among my, my favorite episodes. The season finale, which had just aired a few weeks prior. Uh, the series finale, excuse me. I snatched up the script, and when I got home, I started reading Journey's End. That wonderful last time I'd see the next-gen crew together on the small screen. Except... These were the days before the internet. This wasn't the series finale at all. This was that god-awful episode where Wesley joins a group of space Navajos and uses the Force. Damn it to hell! 
I still have that script. Every time I see it, I'm reminded of how much I hate Wesley Crush. The the name he brings up a really good point. Journey's End is a terrible name for this episode. Well, it sounds like it should be the name, like some big thing that's about to happen, Mm -hmm. like some the 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 huge closing of a giant arc, which I guess it is. I mean, it's the closing of an arc, (laughs) but it's not a good one. Didn't wasn't one of the big like wasn't uh, David Tennant's last episode of uh, Doctor Who called Journey's End, or maybe Eccleston? Like, didn't Doctor Who do a Journey's End episode? I have no idea. Yeah. Pretty sure they did. And they used it to its proper epic uh, usage. Yeah. I'm not sure that Here. it did. I think that it was like the last uh, episode in a season and then it, it actually ended like in some extra stuff later. Like a movie Anyhow. or something. <laughs> Fine. Well, did Wesley become a space Indian and run off with a hoofy pedophile? Yes. yes. Oh, well. It was a really weird episode of Doctor Who. (laughs) Matt, we spend too much time together. (laughs) It's true. That is true. Stop spending so much time together. No. I need someone to walk down to 7-Eleven with. Very well. How about this episode? Any further business about it? I don't want to walk to 7-Eleven. I do have one more thing. Yes? Um... There's a scene where Captain Picard is yelling at Wesley for being shitty and awful. Uh And Wesley doesn't fall apart and look sad. No, he doesn't. Captain Picard is not only disappointed in him, he's yelling. He's yelling at him, and Wesley's just standing there like, I don't even care. Yeah. I I guess he built up his guilt tolerance after he killed that guy. I guess. Oh, man. Maybe he's immune now. But how can you be immune to Maybe that's how he knew he was ready to transcend to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Picard no longer has any power over me. Right. Oh, my God. It's time for me to become God. I guess. (laughs) Now, Matt, let me ask you this. I assume there must be books about whatever Wesley got up to. Have you read any of them? Uh, no, I believe he only recently came back in the books, and it's nothing I've read. Huh. Huh. There is, I mean, a theor- there is a thing in the books about how he showed up at, uh, at Troy and Riker's wedding, though. Do they at least explain that? Yeah, they say he came back from traveling to be at the wedding, and he thought it was a traditional Betazoid wedding, so he showed up naked. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. they gave him a spare uniform to wear. Wait, was that actually a thing? I thought you just made that up. Yeah, me too. No, that's true. That's actually in one of the books. I forget which one. (laughs) But he is in, uh, I think, is it Nemesis where Troy and Riker get married? Yeah, he has a cameo in Nemesis. I believe it's somewhere in the uh, A Time 2 series that they did that bridges uh, Insurrection and Nemesis. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's like 12 books long, so I haven't read it. Yeah, no, I have a couple of those, but I haven't read them. Yeah. Very busy. (laughs) Um... No, I was curious because I don't have any interest in reading them whatsoever, but it does seem like a good, like, it, it seems like a fertile playground for someone who'd be interested in that. Yeah, no, as far as I know, he only just showed up again in, like, a really recent, like, trilogy they put out. Because it seems like you could have them show up on Voyager. Mm-hmm. You could have no. them show up in the Gamma Quadrant with DS9 stuff. Like, they, they could go anywhere and do anything. What I've always thought it was, or at least, like, what my theory is, because he's not in most of the books. Right. Except for the ones that are set during the show. Like, he never shows up in any of the after series. Right. And my theory's always been that everyone writing them was just like, well, no one fucking likes Wesley, so why put him in the books? Mm-hmm. But, I well, mean, I would... in the last few years, Will Wheaton's been getting pretty popular, so... I would take it as a challenge as a writer to, if, if you could bring him back to make him, you know, likable and interesting. Yeah. Or you could do, like, a Wesley versus Q thing. Oh. Like, you know magic god powers against each other like there's in, there's interesting stuff you could do with oh, wesley in his stupid special wesley doesn't yeah. get to win that round no, no, no i know wouldn't. see how could you yeah, write I that because you already know that he's there's no chance in your heart that wesley could ever outdo q because no. so you don't write it as a mystery you don't write it as who's gonna win you, you write, write it, it as a massacre yes you write it <laughs> so that you get to see all the funny shit that's happening because wesley takes himself too seriously mm. and q would be turning people into dogs and stuff Starfleet, we don't lie. Yeah, well, I'm from the Q Continuum. I, I turned your mom into an Irish setter once. Oh turn my it back, God. He did. He totally did that. Yep. I forgot. Never, yep. For, never forget, Wesley Crusher killed the guy, and Beverly Crusher was a dog. Bever was a dog. Oh. That's embarrassing for setter. her. A little bit embarrassing. That's okay. Not as, not as embarrassing as when she fucked a ghost, though. <laughs> Nothing is as embarrassing as that. Uh, Journey's End is pretty damn close, Matt. Embarrassing for her, though? Well, it's her kid. Oh, you got me there. She made that happen. She she created that person. 
Mm. Yep. So yes, it is embarrassing for her. She also created the Genesis Plague. Listen, listen. If Picard has to answer for seven generations of whatever, <laughs> she totally True. has to answer for Wesley's bullshit. <laughs> All right. Man, That's... Jack Crusher got out early. Yeah, and yeah, easy. No he, he, uh, they might want to reopen that case file. He might have uh, offed himself. Oh. No, he faked his own death. <laughs> All right. Living on, this... on one of the Rigels with a good kid. Aw. He's actually Alexander's real dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. That's all I have for this one. Anything yeah. else? Nope. Matt? Nope. I'm good. Very well. We are almost done. I've pointed this out yep. a few times before, but we're closer than ever. I think we have three more pause, and, and we're at the finale. Yep. Oh, my Excuse goodness. Me, two more. Really? Two more, and we're at the finale. Yeah. Wow. <gasps> yep. We got four more episodes, so uh, two and two, and then the finale. So next week, our pal Vishal will be here. He has been on for a while. That'll be a lot of fun. So what do we got left? We got the last row episode. We have Firstborn and Bloodlines is next week. Uh, we've got Picard's then, son. Yes, that's Picard's son and Alexander. <laughs> Alexander, Alexander turns into an old man. Right. Son of a and then, bitch. Oh, yeah. I, and then have, I was hoping I'd already watched that and forgotten. <laughs> and then the following week, we have Emergence, which is the self-aware train episode. And Preemptive Strike, which is the final appearance of Ensign Rowe, now Lieutenant Rowe. Mm. Uh, and Amanda will be on for that episode. And then after that, we have All Good Things. Wow. So, yeah, almost finished. Yeah. And I will I will say this, for the record, I was wrong that Season 7 was all bad, but there are some real, real... Like, I, I maintain that it, it deserves the reputation that I gave it. The, the bad episodes are really, really bad. <laughs> Between Sub Rosa and Journey's End, this season deserves to be regarded as just as bad as season one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Season would one say had that. an excuse because they didn't know what they were doing yet. No. Now they know <laughs> what they're doing more than anything. Yeah. Like, it's been a fairly good show. Yeah, it has. And there's been some high points in season seven that I'd forgotten about, and I'm mm. totally wrong about that. Yep. But, uh, yeah. This was bad. Well, at least they stick the landing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Kim, as always at the light, we will talk to you again when we get to, vo to uh, not to, vo well, also to Voyager, <laughs> but also to DS9. Oh, no. Did you exile me from DS9 and I can only come back for Voyager? <laughs> only only Al and I are doing DS9. We're keeping yeah. it all oh. to ourselves. Oh. I'm looking at the list and, and not all of our regulars have signed up yet is all. So uh, I didn't see your name on here. It's like, shit, you're not on to Voyager. No, that's not right. I haven't looked at the document lately. That's okay. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll hook you up with one. We'll... Yeah. we'll uh, how about the one with Rumpelstiltskin? Please don't. <laughs> don't, don't do Except that to me. I think me. Brian, Brian probably demanded that. That feels one. like a Brian episode. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> can I have some cool Wharf episodes? Yeah, but uh, he doesn't show up until like season four. Yeah. Damn it. Yep. Until then, you're just going to have to uh, suffer through all the other greatness of that show. Yep. <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry. It's a Damn shame. Damn luck. <laughs> all right. That's all, Matt. Tell the pokes. I will tell the pokes. <laughs> See tell ya, them. pokes. <laughs> the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. 